0: Kelly Leonard is in our studio. He's the host of that Getting to Yes and podcast that we'd like to feature. Welcome back to the studio. Thanks, John. Great to be here. You have any wisdom for us about the mayoral election? Do I? Only because you've heard all of us go on and on and on about that. And I thought if you were chomping at the bit and wanted to say something, I would afford you the opportunity. It's not why we asked you to come in, though. Here's what I'll say. Um, I was
1: talking and I won't reveal who I voted for, but my my neighbor, Josh, uh, I met him in front of the house when I was coming home from work yesterday. We voted for different candidates. Uh, and we both talked about the fact that uh, we could be convinced otherwise, that our, our positions weren't that firm. And so I think it's a, a matter now of sort of like, all right, who, who, who are these people? Let's dig into you know, their backgrounds and not just go with the boilerplate
0: um, stuff that we might have heard. Do you agree with me that it's probably going to get more divisive? The campaigns are going to get ugly now? Yes, because fear sells. And I think both candidates have that at their disposal. And both of them have a union that, however, uh, quote-unquote popular or successful, is also unpopular. The CTU and the FOP uh, are uh, both double-edged swords, aren't they? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is one of the problems, which is
1: um, uh, politics and social media don't love nuance. And uh, and (laughs) what I think I understand, and I think a lot of people understand, is things are nuanced and things aren't easy
0: always to grasp. And,
1: and the reason I'm here today is to kind of talk about some of that.
0: Well, you know, your podcast is called Getting to Yes And, and the concept behind that, we talk about this all the time when yeah. you come in, oh, that the candidates or the city would understand this is what? What is the th- principle behind that? That people's default position is to say no
1: or to do nothing. So in the case of this election, most people did nothing because they didn't come out and vote. And the other people came out and said no to the other candidate.
0: But if we did say yes and... What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So when you're saying yes, and you're, you're not just saying yes, you're not sort of blindly going into th- something saying yes. You're saying yes, and you're, you're exploring and heightening uh, with your partner in an improv scene, or in the case of what we're talking about is, yes, and let me learn more about this person. And yes, and let me maybe get past a bias I might have walking into this, this election. It allows you to be more curious and hopefully more graceful. Uh, in, in terms of how you make your decisions, but also how you encounter other people. Because I find that most human beings do have sort of, they're not completely sure of themselves and they have nuanced positions on things. They're not one thing or another. But when you're in the process of selling something to someone, it makes it
0: a lot easier to pit good against bad, evil against good. But don't you say that a more successful tact would be if You and I disagree with something. We're in that room. There's a whiteboard up there. We're throwing out ideas. I don't like your idea. I don't think your idea is going to work. And rather than say no, say yes, and, and now I'm going to give my alternative idea.
1: You're You're going to add something to the whiteboard. So it's yes, and, even though the and part, it might be very different from what you just said. Totally. And one of the things that we know about innovation gone well is it's usually a surprise. Because it's usually combining things that weren't combined before. So the uh, bad idea
0: I have and the bad idea you have when put together could become a really good idea. You talk in this book, Choose Growth, about a medical doctor and therapist Mm -hmm. who, and I know you've got a story to start, right? You've got an anecdote for us to begin here in a second. I have a quote. He is the executive director over at Second City Works of learning and applied improvisation. They're not just funny over there. They also speak in front of civic, industrial, academic, business groups, and they use the power of stand-up and the philosophy behind good comedy and good listening to help businesses be better at what they do. Kelly does the Getting to Yes and podcast here. And so is the latest episode uh, an interview with or a conversation about Scott Barry Kaufman and Jordan Feingold? It's a few back, but it's it's up
1: there on the website. And one of the things that When I was reading this book and I know Scott Scott's actually a friend of mine Choose growth uh, who wrote this book choose growth with Jordan Feingold who's a medical doctor And Scott's a behavioral psychologist Um, There's a quote by the legendary psychotherapist Irvin Yalam uh, And I want to read it to you and we might have to read it a couple times to see if it sinks in the same way for you And he says sooner or later. You have to give up the hope for a better past Hmm. Sooner or later you have to give up the hope for a better past And this is the reason that strikes at me, especially from an improv concept, is what we know about when you're successfully improvising is you need to be fiercely in the moment. Because if you're ruminating about the past or living in an imaginary future, you
0: can't do anything. Do the quote again? Sooner or later, you have to give up the hope. Give up the hope for a better past. Boy, that resonates in so many ways, doesn't it? Yeah. And this book is about the fact that there's another quote that starts the book,
1: which I love, goes, it's not easy being human. And yet here we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you going
1: to do about it? What are you going to do? It? And, and, and part of that is bad stuff happens and it happens to all of us. So what do we do? Um, and there's a concept that Scott actually introduced my wife, Anne, and I to years ago. I'm talking maybe a decade ago, he was studying, um, well, he had, he had uh, graduated, but he was working at the University of Pennsylvania at the Wharton School with the legendary uh, psychotherapist Martin Seligman, who's the founder of Positive Psychology. So sort of briefly, if, if people haven't heard about that, psychology for years and years and years, decades and decades, was all about what's wrong with you. And Martin Seligman and his, his uh, uh, co-workers came up with the idea of like, well, what if we started with what's positive? What's working for you? And maybe we, 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 we work on that. And there's a concept that Scott introduced us to called post-traumatic growth. Um, and I took, I took a quote of his from the book, is that most people who experience post-traumatic growth are often surprised by the growth that does occur, which often comes unexpectedly as a result of an attempt at making sense of an unfathomable event, something terrible that happened to you. And how, how do you respond? And I think for most of us, we, we sort of look at it and be like, uh, and I know this from my personal experience, of course, you know, we, we lost our daughter. So what do we do? And in my case, we do therapy, we work out, we do all those things. We count on our friends, all that. But can we ourselves sort of frame our experience going forward in ways that maybe make us kinder, wiser, more generous? And I feel that way when I look at myself sort of pre and post. I like the person I am now
0: more than I like the person before, and I don't think that's by accident. So, is it a conscious effort by people, or is it organic? It's not organic. Uh, no, it's a conscious effort. And one of the things I thought about,
1: and I don't know if I've ever talked to you about Anne, my wife Anne's wish exercise. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I have. So, when we were in the pandemic and we were doing our corporate workshops on Zoom i actually said to Anne, like do you have any exercises that could work in a virtual format i have this client who's interested in like resilience how can people get through this moment because it's a tough moment right for a lot of people and Anne actually had invented this exercise and she goes yeah yeah i have an exercise called wish and what you do and anyone can do this you get a piece of paper and you make three columns and the first column you write down something you wish you could do right now that you can't so for me that was like swimming in salt water you know i was stuck in Home. I couldn't <laughs> go on a plane trip. I would really love to go to the East Coast, or swim in solar. Second column, what's the emotion you think you'd feel if you got that wish? So I wrote down refreshed. And in the fi- final column, you write down something you could do right now to experience that emotion. So if I want to feel refreshed, I could go for a run. I could work out. I could splash water in my face. Actually, I had a pretty good list of things I could do. And the idea here is you have zero agency over the things that are necessarily just happening to you. You do have agency in how you respond. And so if you can think thoughts, do actions, make moves that are net positive for you, that fall into good emotions, not rumination, not anger, all, the, all those things, which are real. It's not ignoring that those things occurred. It's simply, how are you facing the moment right now? And what I've found when I talk about that wish exercise is it's a little bit of an aha for people because they're like, oh, could it be that simple? And, and I'm suggesting it can be. And it's not that the thing isn't bad and it's not that it isn't hard, but if you can simply do a reframe, how am I going to respond to this in this moment? Can I take a breath? Can I respond positively for me, uh, that that's good for you and good for everyone.
0: Second City's Kelly Leonard is in our studio. He's talking about things he's gleaned from the book Choose Growth, written in part by one of his friends. His Getting to Yes and podcast is everywhere, including at WGNRadio.com. So is that something we do independently, or is that Mm. something I go see a therapist for, this exercise, this uh, transformation?
1: Uh, both <laughs> I mean I I think therapy is great for everyone um, uh, I don't uh, you know it, it, but but honestly it is also within your realm you, your your emotional reaction to something should be within your realm and I'm again there are systemic and other issues here that sh- don't shouldn't be ignored that are they're sometimes tragic and, and all that um, but uh, you as an individual well here's what we need to recognize is that um, human beings in general don't always make the best decisions for themselves. You know, there's a lot of noise out there, and we don't always have the best information. And like, if we all made the best decisions for ourselves, we'd all be eating better, and we'd all work out all the time. Do we all do that? <laughs> no. And it's something that, you know, at, at I'm 56, and I just started eating well, <laughs> and you know what? I feel so much better. Why didn't someone tell me? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, you've been telling me. I just didn't do it.
0: Yeah. I wonder where people get that willpower or because we're making it sound easy, but it strikes me as also an exercise. I just started doing yoga on Saturday. I Ah. should have done that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So what is it that actually flips the switch? And the overall trigger you're talking about is maybe... A devastating loss. It could be the loss of life. It could be a missed field goal. Leave that at the door Yep. and now move forward and realize that maybe you can be an even, uh, boy, I hesitate to say better person as a result of it. We don't say that, do we?
1: No. I'll tell you that there's a reason I'm eating better. You want to know why? Mm. I was in the hospital eight weeks ago. I heard that. My yeah.
0: I saw it online.
1: Yeah. I was like, la- I was at the dash diner in Lincoln park eating their Irish breakfast, which first of all, this is comical with regard to how bad that is for you. <laughs> Rashers, meat, like just terrible. And I had, I felt numbness in my arm and I'm like, this feels like what people call stroke. And I called my wife to pick me up and take me to the hospital. And luckily it wasn't, um, uh, but it was enough of an incident that, and they checked out and I'm good. All well, the thing's checked out okay. But it was one of those moments of like, oh, this is a, a thing. And I'm like, and I need to eat better what I do. Well, let me make it oatmeal in the morning, you know, and that sort of thing. And and upping my regime. I do 80 push-ups every morning. There's there's things that I'm doing. And I, in a row? No.
0: I can't do that. I know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a superman. What, what is the quote that started this conversation again?
1: Sooner or later, you have to give up the hope for a better past. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I could linger in all those, and here it's not just the past bad. I could linger in the past good, all the good reviews, you know, the Joseph Jefferson awards, the you know whatever, um, and even that doesn't do anything for me today, you know. And 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 what I've learned uh, over time, both at my work at Second City, but also doing this podcast and talking to all these really smart, interesting people, is that. If you can maintain a level of uh, uh, curiosity, um, that will do a lot for you in terms of your ability to grow uh, in spite of how tough it is.
0: Well, you referenced, we have to wrap this conversation yep. up now, Kelly, but you referenced also a little while ago the idea that psychology in the past was what's wrong with you and another tactic to say what's good with you. What, what, let's work on that. Let's yeah. emphasize that. Yeah. Uh, that's a novel concept to me.
1: Yeah, I think it is to a a lot of people because we tend to
0: be taught that, no, there's a thing wrong, and it's like, what if there's a thing right? Let's emphasize that and move forward. Okay, Uh, Getting to Yes And is the podcast. The book he's talking about is by Scott Barry Kaufman and Jordan Feingold. It's called Choose Growth. You can hear Kelly talk to those people at Getting to Yes And, and... um, You can always book him to come talk to your event, although I hear he's getting very expensive. I'm booked up. I'm very booked up. He's the Executive Director of Learning and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works, secondcity.com. Okay, my friend. Thanks, John.